This is the Bedford Blues Podcast. Well, welcome to the Bedford Blues uh, Podcast, uh, another special edition, and uh, there is yet to be any rugby sorted, so we'll continue to try and talk about it as much as we possibly can. And with me again, uh, a very special man, uh, Mike Rayer. How are you? You well? I'm good, Sam. Yeah. yeah, good to have you with us. And, and I think you're probably aware of the fact that it, it, it is pretty much to the day the anniversary, the 15th anniversary of you taking charge of this this club, Bedford Blues. Um, does it feel like 15 years ago? <laughs> it's gone. It's gone quick, that's for sure. Um, but um, it, it doesn't feel like 15 years. I can remember um, getting on a bus ready to go up to, to Otley, never having been there before in my life. And uh, um, fantastic setting for a rugby club on the ground and a lot of history there. Um, but what did surprise me um, was the size of the the grass there which was about, about nine inches long uh, and I th- I'm led to believe it's because they had a, a pretty formidable pack in the previous seasons um, and obviously we were all about oh, um, we had a good pack ourselves actually at the time and, but we were more about a running game so uh, yeah 16 all draw um, and uh, the delights of uh, the, the Otley after match uh, meal which I'm sure you'd have to ask the players about because uh, um most of them were down the fish and chip shop. <laughs> um, I, I saw a poster behind Eddie Jones recently when he was talking to the press that said, um, evolve or die. Um, as a coach, how much evolution is there? How, how much of your 15-year career has been about trying to relook and reinvent the way you do things? Yeah, I, I think it's it's everything, really. I th- you know, Obviously, with trends come and go within the game. Look, ultimately, I'll never go away from coaching the basics, which obviously you're catching, passing, handing it. To me, that, that, that's as simplistic as, as it gets. There's obviously a lot of detail that goes into professional rugby these days. Um, but without them, um, you know, you're, you're never going to get too far. Um, but yeah, sure. I mean, I guess challenges get older is that connection. Um, you try and keep with the younger players and, and then see how they work. I guess... Uh, um, Kevin Bowring did a, a really good paper a few years back called Generation Y and um, it was about not so much millennials but even before that because uh, um, you know Google doesn't solve everything mm. on the rugby field so you have to create sessions and create the situations that hopefully they'll they'll encounter and overcome um, when they cross that white line you know so but it is it, you know it is, it's a challenge and um, you know, trying to understand their humour and and what makes them tick is is the greatest part of it, and and I, and I enjoy that. And uh, um, you know, it's, even after training last night, we because we kind of uh, first block really of of what we've done so far was ended um, with a couple of beers and a barbecue last night, and and just getting to know people really. Is that a bit difficult? Because when you started back in 2005, you were a lot closer in age to the, the playing group. And now you find yourself, you know, obviously 15 years <laughs> older. Um, is that diff- have, have you sort of noticed the, the, the sort of, not the role change, because obviously you've always had the same role, but just a relationship change in a sense? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, it's a great question because, uh, you know, when I, when I got into coaching in Cardiff, I was pretty much at the academy at the Blues and, and the Cardiff under-21 side in a um, you know, premiership under-21 competition, which then merged into a, 
the Premiership as it is today. But obviously, I took my old under 21s into that league, which was essentially a big men's league, and um, we had to, um, you know, had to survive some 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 tough seasons. But but generally, I, we were able to shape some some uh, young men in 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 rugby. Uh, in kind of how I learned how to play and and, and enjoy myself on and off the field. And um, coming to Bedford, then 2005, suddenly you're in a you're in a coaching real men. <laughs> So your John Phillipses, your Matt Vollens, your Matt Allens, who had a huge amount of experience, played a lot, a lot of games for the, for the Saints. So that was quite daunting at the time, I've got to say. But um, I guess from my, my, my philosophy on rugby and, and, and coaching, really, that it, it became an easier transition um, in the sense that, you know, I wanted to play the game and um, we had a great pack. Um, and also, we, you know, it, we had a good set of halfbacks in Don Malone and, and Ali Heifer who completely got the game. and. Uh, and understood um, how uh, you know how I wanted to to approach it. So that was um, that was a good challenge, and I was a lot clo- I was closer to the players, as you say, because of the generation thing. Uh, in that sense, um, but then I guess over time, I've always fought to try and keep that. But it's been a fight because you you go through some uh, some challenging moments and testing moments. Um, because ultimately, you know, you're taking away people's contracts and livelihoods at some stage um, over the course of, uh, you know, two, three, four, what, 15 years. You know, there's been, been a lot of people have come and gone, and um, the hardest part is saying there's no contract for you. Um, so you, you, you take it personally, and um, um, you know, you it gnaws at you. So you, you, you can sometimes. Be yourself. So I've tried to be myself as much as I can, but I understand that that uh, on occasions you have to um, hold back and uh, and perhaps um, be a bit more hard nosed in things, uh, which doesn't come naturally to me. I have to say. Do you um, look back at some of the things you've done in your coaching career and sort of go, I don't know why I was doing that? Uh, having subsequently learned from it and changed from it and, and learned from it, there, there, yeah. there must be things that you think, oh, I, I can remember doing that, and and I don't know why we all did it, but we did it, and mm. you know, I, not not really, because I think everything, as you say, every, you know, you reflect on every session, you reflect on every game, and um, and uh, you know, you, it's, it's about learning from them situations and, and learning from the, you know, why why was that session didn't go as well as I planned, you know, there was a lot of. Dr- and it may be that I set the tone a bit wrongly in the team meeting. So I'm more constantly I'm looking at things like that. And uh, um, we haven't done too many madcap things. You know, it's, it's about having a balance of fun and, and, and um, serious work, you know, um, and, and opposed to, to, to contact, to um, decision-making exercises or, or even random games of touch, you know, yeah. um, that, um, you know, hopefully in, a, in the bigger picture um, will we'll give, give the guys tools to... To go out and express themselves on a weekend, but um, I can't think there's too many things I would, I would have done differently, really. Well, I've got a list of fifteen clubs, okay, not in any particular order, all random, and I'm going to say the name of these clubs to you, and I want you to almost tell me the first thing that comes into your mind. And some of them you've played a huge amount of time. Some of them you've played not not as many, yeah. and they'll play different parts. And, and some of them have occurred for a little bit of your tenure and, and then disappeared off and you haven't had too much to do with. You played 49 different teams in your tenure at yeah, Blues. Some obviously just once, uh, some more than more than that, <laughs> and, and many different things. And the 50th will be? 
I don't know. My goodness. That's for the future. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought That's you knew. I do. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Answers on a postcard at the back of this yep. podcast. Yep. Um, the first one, it's, it's purely random, as I say, is Rotherham. What do you think of when I say the words Rotherham to you? Uh, small pitch, um, <laughs> passionate crowd, yeah. um, and a bloody tough place to go. I mean, yeah. I knew that as a player. That was, that was the advantage of me going to Rotherham as a coach, was, yeah. was I knew how tough he was as a player. Um, we had a, the, you know, a great side in, in 96, 97, or maybe 98, I can't remember. And, um, you know, we went up there with our sleeves firmly rolled up um, to, to, to battle against them, really, stand toe-to-toe. And, um, and they, they actually went and outplayed us playing rugby, which was a complete shock to us because um, we were expecting a big fight. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, um, some, some terrific battles up there. And, and uh, yeah, I, I got a lot of, lot of, lot of time for, for Rotherham and, and the folk up there. They're, um, they're pretty passionate about their club and their rugby and, and ask any places like that is... is uh, Held in high esteem, as far as I'm concerned. The, the, the second name on the list is, is from the same county, and 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 Yorkshire, as a county. I mean, the, the second name is, is Yorkshire Carnegie, who, who obviously have gone through a huge amount of change and a huge amount of yeah. trials and tribulations. But as a county, you, you always feel as though you know such a good amount of rugby in that county, and such a good amount of opportunity for for, for, for players coming through. Yeah, or, you know, hundred percent. And unfortunately, it's it's at loggerheads with you know mm. several other sports, mm. but two being obviously football and and the second probably is rugby league. You know, that they're, they're more passionate about the rugby league mm. in that area than uh, than the union. Um, but look, it was you know as far as the clubs concerned, Yorkshire Carnegie. I mean, you know, when they came down for the prem, I remember the game here at going the road mm. where we beat them, um, an extraordinary game with I think it was. Ian Humphreys dropped the goal from 50 yeah, yards yeah. and then Ben Patston yeah. went and did the same. And, uh, Didn't you refer to his pumpkins? Well, I think it was that game, or actually, I can't remember which one it was. But, uh, but then, you know, going up to the, seeing the Headley Stadium evolve and, and into what it is now. And uh, um, so, yeah, I mean, again, I, I like playing against Joseph Carnegie because they were a full time outfit and they were fully professional and there was a bit of a league influence there mm-hmm. and it was, it was good to see how. That was um, integrated in, into the union game, um, and, and they had some good sides and some good players. And uh, any win against them was a priceless one, really. Staying in the Midlands, Nottingham. Again, another another team that that will have occurred throughout yeah. your tenure. Yeah, I can remember the first year we went there, and uh, it was a packed packed house at their old ground. And um, thankfully, our, our forwards uh, stood up and, and did the business. John Phillips, in particular, I remember having an outstanding game there. Um, but then subsequently. Um, Probably my, my favourite memory, one of my favourite memories, actually I say there's been many, but this, the second leg semi-final at, uh, at Notts County. Um, it was uh, a terrific occasion and, and um, you know, an amazing feeling actually yeah. in, the, in the changing room uh, and in the hotel afterwards we stayed for the evening and just was uh, was brilliant actually. I, I got vivid memories of that and uh, so, but, but always... Um, Great games. I mean, I'm a, we probably couldn't split our record, my record against Nottingham was probably fifty mm. percent, I guess, mm. um, because you know over time they had a they, they had a good side uh, with your Nick Rouses and and uh, Glenn Delaney. Well, when Glenn, Glenn was coaching there, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, they had some uh, they had some some great forward packs and some great backs. Um, 
and uh, we had some we had some real ding dongs with him. But um, and uh, and a three week ban as well, of course, I got from one of the games there, which Craig Moyer being locked out by a by a high shot and uh, oh, yes. me saying too much to a referee after the game. Very difficult not to say too much sometimes. Um, the next name, again, conjures up for me more sort of semi-final clashes, uh, a team that have, you know, gone up, tasted it, and, and subsequently come back down, London Welsh. Um, it, these names, do they also conjure up pictures and, and, and faces? Because for you, of course, going yeah. into these clubs, you must you must see the same types yeah. of people. Yeah, no, London Welsh, I mean, it was, it was always a... The first four or five years, I don't think I lost a game against them home and yeah. away. Um, but that was mainly down to Pritch. For yeah. some reason, he, he down at the, uh, Old Deer Park, he was unbelievable. I mean, I'm, he must have scored a you know a vast majority of points against London Welsh in the first few years. Um, but then to see that see their rise come through, and then we had some ding dongs with them in the playoffs as well. And uh, um, obviously seeing some familiar faces in their coaching group along the way. Um, Roland Phillips and Lynn Jones and, and people like that, Danny Wilson. So, um, uh, yeah, look, I, I love London Welsh. It's a fantastic club. Um, and I'm glad to see it's back on its feet, so to mm. speak, and, uh, and working its way back up the league. Is, um, it's a proper rugby club, in, you know, Welsh rugby club in the middle of London. Um, and and it was, it was, I used to love going down it as a player and, and, uh, and as a coach, really. Uh, the next one is actually one of the two clubs I've got on my list that has, that has made the leap to the, the, the Premiership and and this time look as though they've really sorted themselves out and that, and that is Bristol. But as a Championship side, uh, Bedford had some absolutely brilliant games and of course a, a final against them as well in the rain. I remember going down there and getting soaked. And Yeah, there's lots, lots of games. Bristol... Um, um Probably, I don't think any Bedford side had ever won in Bristol mm. until we beat them. Um, and I can remember, the, I can remember how it happened. It was from an up and under the one try, and it came off Jackson Ray's head, landed into Gregor Glander's arms. And I think Tom Bedford ended up scoring, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was a brilliant, uh, um, brilliant way to win the game actually off uh, off Jacko's head. Um, and then, like you say, the BNI Cup final was probably one of the big disappointments, really. We had a good side that year. And we'd be- beaten them twice, actually, mm. in the league that year, Bristol. And, um, but I think um, that final probably kick-started their following season where they started mm. to really um, get their act together and, uh, and, and then start uh, looking more like a premiership side. Um, but uh, uh, the other one it was the, the, the Boxing Day snow game as well, mm. which, which um, again, one of the lifelong memories of seeing... Mm. You know the people of Bedford uh, out there rolling their sleeves up, um, yeah, clearing the snow, and then you know packing it out. And, and actually, the boys were were terrific. Um, remember Alex Ray going in at the corner after the superb superb movement, really, um, in the several phases. So uh, yeah, um, lots of memories of Bristol, really, and. Uh, they're, uh, they're some team now, aren't they? They are indeed. Uh, Pat Lamb leading the way down there. I mean, th- those, are, those are some big names. And, and, and the championship is wonderful because it also allows you to conjure up names which have a substantial past, but, but also perhaps, you know, sort of levelled themselves out a little bit. Talk to me about Mosley and going to Mosley in the middle of, <laughs> in the middle of those. All I remember about Mosley is, is, is that, that funny old stand up there and the, <laughs> the funny old setup they got, but still a great rugby club. Yeah, they were. And, and a lot of time for Ian Smith, who was coaching there for a long time. We had some, we had some really good battles. Um, and, uh, you know, they're always, a, they're always uncom- uncompromising and, and tough tough team to play um, 
and uh, we had some real nervous moments up there at times but um, again um, you know people like Pritch and Brennan Burke pulled us out of the fire a few times up there um, and uh, you know any victory walking away from from that ground was uh, was was gladly received really mm. um, it's just a shame it's, it's happened isn't it you know they built their stand and then and unfortunately um, they got sucked into the relegation and um, you know obviously they they kind of um, finding out where their level is I suppose mm. at the moment but I, I, I'm guessing uh, they're desperate to be back in the championship and, and uh, you know and, and, and I guess until uh, everything settles down financially mm. I suppose they'll they'll, uh, they'll have another crack at it at some stage but there's some great people at Mosley mm. some real good rug, rugby people there as well and um, yeah uh, we enjoyed uh, enjoyed the, their company Next on the list is a, is a name which, for me, uh, conjures up one particular game which I will never ever forget, and, that, and that's Doncaster. They, they, they always manage to bring the best out of Bedford, from my point of view. They were always a team that, that, that somehow we seem to have great, really good fun against. Yeah, um, you know, they've, they've actually changed over the last few yeah. years and started playing some, some brilliant, brilliant rugby. Um, because they were definitely uh, more orientated uh, for the first few years that we played them, and uh, it was it was tough going up there. But a great stadium, two two, uh, two great people support them behind the scenes there, um, and uh, they've done their level best to to um, to get crowds into the gate, haven't they? You know they've got a fantastic facility, and um, you know they deserve they deserve better. To be fair, they've obviously made some good signings this year, so they'll they'll be one of the ones to to look out for. Um, well, we, haven't, we haven't talked about food, the scram. What about the cow pie? I mean, yeah, well, <laughs> uh, eating is cheating, so I'm never get involved in that. Um, but the boy, yeah, the boys enjoy the food, and all the supporters enjoy the food as well, which is, which is important. Um, but yeah, you know, obviously quite a, a poignant pony moment. Really, is the one that sticks out for me is when we got beat by about fifty points um, yeah. up there the one year, and it was sadly it was a it was a few days after Dave Ledson had, uh, mm. had died. You know, so it was quite a. Quite a tough week that was, because um, Dave had done so much for the club. So uh, it was, um, yeah, it was a that was one of sticks in the memory. Um, but um, you know, others, you know, we've had some uh, some real close close encounters. The game I'm thinking about is they came to Gonton Road. I think it was third versus fourth or something like that, and it was everyone was talking about what a you know close run game it was going to be. I'm pretty sure Billy Twelve Trees was playing it would be that season. And at half time, it was forty points to three. The, the, the Blues had just unleashed on them. We'd, we'd scored from pretty much everywhere on the park. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I haven't got so much memory of that one apart from I, I think we obviously lost a toss and they <laughs> let us play downhill. And if you get a fast start, you can really accumulate points, can't you? Yeah. And, yeah. Um, we uh, I think Dicko was Dicko was playing, yeah, I yeah. believe, and I think I think he was. Uh, he, had, he I think he crawled through someone's legs or one of the tries. I remember the I remember the try, but uh, um, yeah, like when you when we got on a roll down that slope, and uh, you know what, over the years we've had some uh, we've had some big momentum, and, and including second halves we've come back from as well. Um, the next uh, club is a, is a club we've, we've lost temporarily from the championship, but but again, hopefully, a club building their way back up. But I remember early on in your tenure, some of the trips down to Plymouth Albion would have been very difficult. <laughs> well, I, I remember the first one vividly because um, uh, we were unbeaten in nine games. I think we'd won eight in the league and, and it was one cup match, um, including obviously the draw. We drew up to Otley in the first game, my first game. 
and um, um, referee Tonka. Remember his oh, name? Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, he um, he came into the changing rooms with a cigarette in his hand to uh, do the toss, and uh, um, promise about as good as it got for us. But we, we played quite well actually, <laughs> and, and there was a defining moment where um, where Graham Doyle threw a, uh, a ball over the back of a five meter line out on their on their line. We landed in Strauss's Nick Strauss's hands, and he dived over, and we were all up. That was it. Two scores clear. And uh, he, uh, Tonka, I mean, disallowed the try because he said JP had barged into the the player at the front of the line out. Well, it, it didn't go anywhere near him anyway. So that that was that. They worked their way up the pitch, and then um, um, Dozy then grabbed all of Alex Page a scrum half and hooked him into a hooked him into a, a maul, which uh, created a hole for I think it was Kenny Fisselow actually. Oh, yeah. but he, he 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 scored, which. Um, our, you know, dented our unbeaten run. So, yeah. um, was it, did, did Plymouth have both Fatty Loafer brothers playing for them at some stage? No, they were Exeter, 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 Bristol, all around there. Um, but yeah, they, they, they were a they were a good side, and I loved loved playing down there because I mean, there were, you know, talking three and a half, four thousand people used to cram yeah. in the ground. So um, yeah, it was always a good place to go and go and get a win. They were really strong in them early years, and um, still a good place now. We, we we've been down several times pre-season um, uh, because of. The, you know, they're a good, good old rugby club again. So, um, yeah, some tough battles with Plymouth. They were uh, incredibly hard to beat. I imagine that any side under Dorsey was uh, was, a, was a real tough one. Um, and that's really sad, actually, because that, that, that uh, city deserves a, a championship yeah. at the very least. I mean, it's yeah. a mad, passionate rugby yeah. rugby city. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, it's um, it's not quite worked out. But they, they are a championship club in waiting, in my opinion. Uh, the next one on my list isn't one club; it, it's a whole group of clubs. Okay, and and it is Welsh teams in the British and Irish Cup. How did you feel about going back into Wales and taking taking on the Welsh teams in the British and Irish Cup? It's something that's disappeared again, but yeah. it must have been something. I remember I remember several times you talking about the fact that you know this was the closest that the, the, the players were going to get to that sort of that mm. classic rivalry and that classic opportunity to sort of play against another country. Yeah. Any good memories about going back, yeah, back home? Yeah, <laughs> plenty. I, I remember um, um, the vast majority of them really, including a, um, we went down to Neath and, and Swansea to play and uh, we ended up staying a few extra nights because the pitches were frozen. We stayed down oh, yeah. in, in a hope of it getting on and, we, and it didn't end up didn't end up going going ahead as we went down back down midweek. We actually picked two teams, so so boys who, did, who didn't play on the Wednesday came down for the for the uh-huh. Saturday, uh, and they didn't go ahead. And um, so we jumped all all jumped on the bus and we all went back to my club, Landeff North, and had a couple of beers <laughs> instead. So so that one sticks in the memory. But but yeah, look, it it, it for me, it words to the players about saying how how you know tough it's going to be down. It's going to be you know. Um, the, the breakdown is going to be an absolute shit fight, and uh, you know we've got to look after the ball and um, uh, and bring what we're about to it. Um, but the, the, they they were actually lot, which which were quite quite enjoyed. A lot of people were were um, sort of won over by us because they were expecting a typical English side to yeah. play you know nine ten man rugby, and, and actually you know we moved the obviously moved the ball about quite a bit. So there was quite some 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 good compliments coming yeah. coming home from. From Wales on many occasion, um, but yeah, it's just, just words for me tell, trying to tell the boys and paint the picture. But actually, they got to go and sample it themselves and work it out for themselves, you know. But thankfully, you know, we won. We, I think we didn't lose many, too many to to the um, 
there were, I think, disappointing on Ladies' Day. I think uh, mm. was it Cross Keys or yeah, Dragon A or something? They yeah. beat us with the last play of the game, yeah. I think. So that was about the only time we we lost. Um, and one one of the great victories at Cross Keys when we um, we we didn't have a particularly good season that year, and it was a four-hour journey down, and we and I'm thinking, oh, we're not in good form. We're primed for for. <laughs> For um, uh, a tough game today, but we actually went and put 30 or 40 points on them, including two tries from distance from Paul Tupai, which was uh, I can picture him diving over now in the in the bottom. How he got there is beyond me. You know, he was I think he was about he was about 42 then, I think. <laughs> Talk about buses. Um, have you got better at journeying? Have you got better at bus etiquette, better bus ways, but bus bus processes? Because well, I mean that, that might be a whole new podcast. Well, you've got a whole podcast on you'd bus have to get, You'd have to get Heinze uh, and Rob Crown for that as well because um, look, the, the bus journeys, I, I, I think is all part of it. Um, you know, particularly on the way home, whether it's, you know, reflective or or just enjoying a victory, you know, I think that's all part of the, the deal. It's probably the most time we get to spend with the lads mm. in an enclosed environment. So um, we've had some amazing bus journeys, I've got to mm. say. And actually, Yorkshire Carnegie, going back to that, we broke down twice one year going to Yorkshire Carnegie. Yeah, I seem to remember that. Yeah, and I can remember um, uh, it was uh, Heinze and, um, who was it? Uh, Hayden Thompson Stringer fixing the fan belt on our, on our bus to get us to the destination. <laughs> and then another time we went up over Christmas, we um, <laughs> we pulled in a hotel for a pre-match uh, a sandwich or something we, we'd organised just to get there because it was a Friday afternoon yeah. game. And uh, when we came out, the, the bus wouldn't start because the battery was flat because the driver had all his Christmas lights on and he'd run the battery down. So um, we've had some, some shockers on our way up to Leeds. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you can't all have fun, you know, on a bus when Heinze's around, can you? You know, and then we had Kiwi on there in the early days uh, and he was always trying to take the back seat. Uh, I, spoke, I spoke to Ben Alexander in Australia, and, and you know, he, 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 his, one of his first comments about Bedford was the bus journey down to Cornwall, singing John Denver on the way back, and taking all of Dicko's money off him in the <laughs> poker game. And, yeah. and, it, and, and you say, you know, that's all part of it. Well, almost that is it. Isn't yeah, it? That, no, that, is, that is part of, yeah. of, of, of what you have always tried yeah. to create. No, 100%. And we even had a, one of the best ones was down at, we were in one of the North Walsham Sevens one year oh, with yeah. Billy and, and Pritch and, and a few of the lads. And well, I think we, we put, um, we, we put the, the, the uh, country roads on them. And we went on the one-way system seven times, uh, and uh, um, much to Pritch's annoyance because he wanted to get home and obviously <laughs> wasn't drinking as much as anybody else, or very well, he didn't drink really. But um, that was uh, that was really good fun. That was. Um, but yeah, there's been countless ones. I mean, how Heinze has not gone through the front front screen, I, I, it's beyond me. But um, I can only imagine the microphone on a bus yeah. working. It's Heinze's absolutely yeah, no, from heaven. It's always been a, it's always been a traditional, you know, first away game that the new boys sing and um, yeah. So uh, that's pro- that sadly died out a little bit now because we do it mainly on a on a, on a camp mid-season or pre-season mm-hmm. camp. We, we tend to do Bedford Bedford got. Bedford's got talent. We tend to do that um, on weekends away. But uh, yeah, look, um, you know, a bit of cheese and wine on the way home. Um, a few beers for the boys, and uh, actually, it's more um, Red Bull and um, energy drinks now for for the lads. And, and, and that's fine. That's that's another part of uh, you know. There's no peer pressure on, on anyone to drink, um, uh, and often uh, you know 
some of the some of the the um, junior edge boys have probably got training the following day mm-hmm. anyway. So uh, um, we just just evolve with with the ages really. It's, it sounds like you'd take Hinesy on any on any bus journey you're going on, but which player would you if you only took one player on a bus journey who would who you think would would entertain you would say you know say it's down to plymouth or down to the southwest i want to say about uh, yeah entertainer and probably i take toops because he keeps everyone in check um <laughs> and he's a he's a pretty good host when uh, when we do our cheese and wine and yeah, uh, good stuff so he'd be more important to me than uh, good than having someone to entertain me <laughs> The next, uh, the next team on the list doesn't doesn't really have a bus journey at all, and it's it's one of the newest teams, the newest names, and it's it's Amtel, mm. and I want to really want to talk about a proper derby. It, it's not something that you've. I mean, there was a joke a couple of seasons ago, of course, when when the RFU decided to put us into derby groups, didn't mm. they, and put us yeah. to Coventry, and I think they put us to Cornwall, didn't they? <laughs> but the, but Amtel is a proper derby, and and you know if you feel that that you know if over the next few seasons that that game. Can continue to build momentum and continue to build. It, it, it would be fantastic for this part of the world. Oh, brilliant! I mean, just great for Bedfordshire. Yeah. As soon as they got promoted, that, that, that was the message. You know, rugby's in in decent health in, in mm. the region, isn't it? In in, in the county, and uh, you know, they're they're, they're brilliant. I mean, I was always just go watching when they're in national one anyway, obviously because Paul's a Paul's a really good mate of mine, and um, just used to love going, you know, having a beer mm-hmm. um, over there and in, in a proper rugby club and. Um, they got some great supporters, mm. you know, and um, they deserve everything they got last year. You know, they were better, better than us on three occasions. No two ways about it. And um, you know, we got we got a bit to go now. It's one of the only teams I haven't beaten, so uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll certainly okay. try and try and put that right. But it's a healthy rivalry, isn't it? And it's and it's you know it's great that um, you know somebody so close a neighbour to, to have that little bit of needle with. Um, mm. You know, I, I, I miss them days in Cardiff, with Cardiff mm. and Pont and mm. Cardiff and Newport and things like that. So to have it here, um, having said that, Coventry, you've always been a bit of a derby mm. for us as well. So um, They're a bit further down the list, oh, okay. we'll get to them. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, the next one on the list is, is Ealing. Again, another new club, and a new offering. What, 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 what are your memories or what are your thoughts about going and playing against Ealing? Mark Atkinson coming off the bench and scoring two tries. That's what okay. springs to mind okay. straight away. That sounds good. Um, good place to go to. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, they've, they've just grown, haven't they? I mean, on the playing front, they've grown and grown. And, uh, you know, we, we, we beat them not uh, last yeah, season before. We, mm-hmm. we managed to beat them at home, which was, which was, a, was a fantastic win for us. Um, but apart from that, they're uh, they're pretty tough. I mm. mean, um, you know, they got some incredible players, got mm. an incredible squad, um, and uh, you know their their ambition is, is 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 superb, really. I mean, they 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 definitely want promotion. There's no two ways mm. about it. The way they uh, they put the squad together and put their coaching group together with Alex Codling gone back there as well, he'd be great for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, plastic pitch. Um, and Mark Atkinson scoring two tries, really. Okay. Um, Coventry are next yeah. on my list. Um, would, would you have played against Coventry? Yeah. Um, we beat them yeah, twice. But I think they come fourth that season. We came third mm. my mm-hmm. first year, 96, 97. I was going to say, I thought they were. And I remember playing at uh, Camden Road then, and it was seven or thousand people in there, and Whetstone oh. doing, his, doing a bit and scoring yeah. a winning tries for us. And then we beat them back at the, we beat them at our ground. Whether it was that year or the year after, we beat seventy points on them. Um, and um, you know they uh, they started to fall off a cliff a little bit yeah. after that. But um, 
Um, yes, certainly, um, you know, disappointed when they went down because it was always a great, yeah. a great derby up there and um, our, or there and at our place and, uh, you know, done really well in what they, 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 they held their nerve in, in, in National 1 and mm. then they got their act together and obviously come up and uh, they're a real serious player in uh, mm. in a championship now and, um, you know, with the squad that I see them put together the last few years, I mean, you know, we beat them at home, mm. which has been uh, which has been pretty good, including a ridiculous score of 53-52 ones, which didn't do much for my health, but uh, I'm sure it'll live in the memories for the, uh, the neutral. Um, the next team on the list is a team, again, at the start of your tenure, you, you would have had incredible battles against. They've made the leap to the Premiership and are, and are now, of course, uh, regarded as one of the best teams in, in England and, and indeed Europe, and, and that's Exeter Chiefs. But talk to us about, about those initial encounters down there, because, again, another another big bus journey to get down there. But there were, I mean, there must have been some incredible memories. Of the, of the county ground especially. Yeah, yeah, the county ground was an interesting one. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I think we we, all, we we did all right in my first year down there because I think we beat them in the league and then we went back down in the semi-final of the cup and I think it was 16 phases and Ali Hifa mm. drops a wobbly goal and we, and we get back to Twickenham so I, I can still remember that one um, quite vividly um, but then they were on a different level and when, as soon as they went to uh, to the new ground at Sandy Park they, mm. they suddenly went to a different level and, and uh, they've just... And got to see what they did the other day with effectively the second team down at Bristol. I mean, um, the culture, what they have, and what they've grown. Um, and there's a lot of boys who played a lot of rugby for Exeter mm-hmm. within both their, their mm-hmm. I guess, midweek and, mm-hmm. and Saturday team this weekend. And that's what you know. Um, that's what the coaching group have done down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really pleased to see Ali go on to yeah. to achieve such great things. Really, he, he was uh, he was, he was a, a pleasure to coach and. Um, and watching to see him develop as, uh, from player in, into coaching, you know, I think he's done a done a terrific job. It's it's a very difficult thing to do. I mean, we haven't really perhaps got time to dig into it now, but it, it is a very difficult thing to go from 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 player to coach. It isn't it isn't a given. A, a lot of people will see the sport and think, well, he was a very good player, therefore he'll be a good coach. But it's, it's not as easy as that. Is it? No, not, not at all. And, and and you know, one of one of the biggest challenges, um, and we speak to Vassy about it quite a bit, is. Is perceived knowledge, you know what's going on in your your map of the world inside your brain. It's clear as a day, but to try and paint that picture to a player and get across what you you kind of what you want and how you see it, and he does something foreign, you're thinking, well, perhaps I better rewind. I wasn't speaking Welsh to him, I'm sure, but, um, <laughs> um, but, that, but that's you know that, that's a challenge, and, and um, yeah, there's some uh, there's some real good um, you know, British coaches out there at the moment, who, who mm. do, and probably don't get. I don't think they get recognised and des- uh, as much as uh, somebody with a foreign accent, yeah. should I say? Mm. Um, but um, you know, you, you learn off everybody. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It doesn't yeah. matter what, what what tongue they speak. That you, you kind of pick up bits off off everybody, and you draw on your, your experiences and and try and uh, and try and. Um, Fine tune and develop your style, and mm. and um, and obviously how you develop players as well, because um, mm-hmm. you know each you know one size doesn't fit all in a sense of how you speak to one person it might differ to how you speak to somebody else. Mm. Um, but I enjoy that side of things, and uh, um, and clearly Ali Ali's you know got a good way about him. Mm. Two two bits left. 
Uh, one again is another group of clubs, and it's it's relegated Premiership sides, and we've talked about a few, but Newcastle, Irish, even Northampton and Quinns came down. How did you, how did you feel playing sort of those teams? Because my guess is that you would have relished the chance to, to yeah, bloody your nose. Absolutely, um, it, it, you know they 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 were the standard. Well, they set the standard every every single year that the the, the, the regular, relegated club. You know, and we always aspired to that, mm. um, and you know, tried to to do our level best. But um, you know, feedback you have from their coaches and whatever it was quite interesting because we were a pretty unpredictable side, and, mm. and I quite like that. Mm. Um, they never really knew what was coming. Um, you know, we didn't always get it quite right against most of them, but generally the players used to rise to the challenge um, at home. But more importantly, away. You know, London mm. Irish was a great ground to go and play. Um, similarly, you know, with Newcastle's, um, Northampton, mm. Quinns, why, why wouldn't you want to go there mm. and, and, and express yourself? So, um, you know, it's just great to, to be able to play in Ashton Gate. I mean, that, that, mm. that surface there is just just incredible. So, um, yeah, look, you know, it was almost as a co- coaching group, we, there was less pressure on us. We were mm. most, more, quite relaxed going into them games. Mm-hmm. And uh, we knew the boys, um, knew the boys would leave everything out there. It's just a Pity what we did. What we didn't like then was just the gallant loser tag. Yeah. Um, just wanted to maybe knock over one or two of them a bit more. But yeah. um, look, in the end, quality comes through, doesn't it? Mm. And, uh, you know, facing Northampton with Bruce Rihanna, Chris Ashton, and Carlos Spencer in the back three was uh, <laughs> <laughs> could have got ugly. But thankfully, we kept the lid on it. Um, obviously, in the next uh, few months, when it starts up again, arguably one of the biggest names is going to be playing in the championship in Saracens. How do you think? I mean, there's, there's a club that you kind of know a little bit about. You've, you've had something to do with them in, in, in with the, with the DR, and I know you have a good relationship with Mark McCall and all that. How do you think they will will cope with being in the championship? And I know that sounds a strange question because we all know they're a very good side. But how do you think they will? They will. The whole process will will, will sort of fit them. Yeah, I, I actually, I think they'll they'll lap it up. They'll, they'll come down and enjoy it. They'll they'll you know pay its maximum respect. Mm-hmm. I think they'll. You know, the background they, they'll have done on it but mm. they'll know the places where they need to to really rock up and uh, and do the business um, and um, I think they'll enjoy it I, I really do I mean it's such a great culture down there mm. um, they've got a lot of experience in their coaching group kept a lot of experience in their players and, and, and they're actually the, the younger guys who are probably going to be blooded mm. next year will get great game time but they're obviously all inducted into the mm. Saracens way so mm. uh, I don't think too much will change if they mm. can be guided around by their the senior group, mm. um, I think they should come down and uh, and, and have a you know a really enjoyable season. Mm. Last one on the list is Cornish Pirates, the, the furthest to go. But but again, a club that for me, when I think of Championship rugby, alongside Bedford, Corn- Cornish Pirates have have kind of represented exactly what I think the Championship is all about. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, we again similar to Nottingham. There's been some real mm. ding dong battles, and we've probably, again, probably got a fifty percent record against each other uh, over the last fifteen years. Um, we, um, it, it, I think, both clubs have had good sides in different periods and mm. different pods, and we've probably mm. been victim of having a good year and then losing our best players, and, mm. and then kind of mm. trying to evolve, and then it takes us two years to get mm. back to the level we were at, but. Um, um, look, and, and there's two great, two great men in charge of him. I mean, you've got to say a lot of time for Peeves and, and Gav. And I mean, they were the players in the early days against us, Thorn outside, and now obviously they're coaching it, and they've got a huge knowledge of 
of uh, of the championship and not all the grounds and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I, we again love going down to Cornish Park. We don't get too many overnight stops now, so mm. um, again, it's good to spend time with the players in uh, you know on the bus in the hotel and on the bus again because you know we don't we don't tend to spend too much time together as as a full time club would mm. you know so. Um, um, but it can be a long journey, you know. There's no doubt about that. I mean, we went down there one year, got 60 points put on us, which was was one of the worst feelings I've ever had. Um, everything went their way that day, and, mm. and you know, we were we were we were caught in a perfect storm. But um, uh, yeah, um, it's the players I feel for going down there because if play on a Sunday, you know, a lot of the boys have to get off the work on a Monday, and we don't get back into club till two o'clock in the morning. Um, I remember the one year we. We travelled back. I think we'd won. It was lucky we'd won. We broke down like in Elstow, like oh. you know, two miles outside of Bedford, and and bizarrely, it was one of our supporters started. He drove past the bus, saw it was us, and he started ferrying the boys back to the club because a lot of my work in the morning while we waited for an engineer to do the car. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, imagine the shoe being on the other foot and Cornish players having to do that trip every other week. We only got to do it once or twice a year potentially but yeah we always seem to draw each other in uh, in the uh, playoffs when it was the eight yeah. top eight and bottom four top eight and uh, we had some great games Chris Turling was I thought was a was a top top man yeah. um, he was uh, in that, that sort of second period after um, uh, after the first couple of years yeah. when he came in and, and he developed obviously Gavin and uh, and Paves and um, he left a he left a good legacy down there mm. Um, sad to see him, see him go actually mm. enjoyed our battles mm. um, against him and often it was only a, a bounce of the ball that uh, tipped the momentum in uh, either way you know and we've been to some interesting grounds down there as well oh, yeah. you know I mean I, I went to Red Ruth sorry um, not Red Ruth uh, Penzance when I was a 18 year old I think with the Land of North Youth and uh, the place hadn't changed one bit <laughs> since then so uh, um, yeah uh, it's great I mean we tend to play on a bank holiday away and and there's always a good crowd down there, and uh, and we've had some some humdingers. Although they've actually had the wood over us more yeah. recently at, at our place. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, uh, some great battles. So there's 15 clubs. I haven't I haven't mentioned, for instance, Jersey, and because mm-hmm. obviously that, that that will kind of drop. But let's squeeze in Jersey if you, if if you can. I mean, because again, a, a, a different feel, a, a plain journey, and a, and a different setup in a, in a way. Yeah, and we've done it several ways. I mean, we we've gone stayed for two nights, which is which is okay if you win, but if you lose, <laughs> it's it's a long Saturday night. So we can that off. We travelled on the day of the game once, which again oh, really? has its problem. Well, we, we had a, I think we had a, we chartered a plane and, and, and flew out and and we lost. And but we we've never really played that well over there. You know, we we won over there a couple of times. Yeah. You know, but um, um, it's just a tough place. They're they're uh, and and probably now Harvey. Um, has a, a better understanding of, yeah. of, of where Jersey are in a sense that it's in isolation really and, and they you know they, they've become nobody likes us we don't care type thing which mm. obviously I think in the early days they were in a relegation battle or one mm. or two and they actually came to Golden Road and beat us didn't they that one yeah. year to stay yeah, up so yeah. I think from there I think they, they've kind of grown and understood where they where they stand whereas yeah. I think prior to that um, you know, they were always we're going to be in the Premiership in five years, and you know you've got to have a bit of understanding of the Championship, a really hard place to play. Yeah. And it's, um, some teams have been there quite long, and and you know, whatever you say, um, they you know, they know how to 
you know, ourselves, uh, pirates. We all had tough patches, but mm. we found a way out of them mm. tough patches. And uh, I think Jersey now, um, I guess they understand where they are. Uh, obviously, player development is, is similar to us. is very key. Mm. They've had a load of boys go to the Premiership, and, mm. and, and they've got to be applauded for that. And uh, actually, um, they uh, they play some outstanding. They probably play, they play more rugby as well now, mm. similar to Doncaster yeah. than, than they used to in the, in the early days of Alex Ray and his forward pack. <laughs> we, I mean, that, that's that's a list. It's it's not exhaustive. There are a lot more teams that you would have played in the championship. But just going through them, just listening to you talk about them, just listening or, or realizing the, the the memories that it, it serves up, it makes me realize. And I know. I'm going to say something that you, that you you will you know I'm preaching to the choir here and that the, the listeners of this podcast will understand where I'm coming from. But it's such an important league, the, the championship. It is such an important league, and and to think that we are entering a phase where people are questioning it, people are questioning whether or not it should exist, whether or not there should be a ceiling to it, how it should exist, how it should be funded. For me, the overwhelming sort of feeling I get is that. It just has to, because of the amount of clubs and the amount of players that it represents and it does. Well, it's just it's ridiculous that it's not seemingly anyone's thinking or, or... Look, we're stuck between... At the moment, we're stuck. We can't, we can't, can't play behind closed doors. There's no two ways about that because we need people through the gate to pay the players. Funding's gone down yeah. massively. Um, so we can't afford the testing regime that the yeah. Premiership are going through. You know, the community clubs, the guidance for them they're all up and running to a point mm-hmm. so we're stuck in the middle we're stuck mm-hmm. in purgatory and no, no one's telling us which which, which obviously it's unfortunate we nobody you know could see envisage this, this the Covid uh, thing happening but generally um, the championship has to sit massively in a pathway mm-hmm. in England I mean I was only at Northampton today and, and I'm the chat with some of the coaches and, and, and it's how how I learned rugby it was alongside I learned more rug, rugby playing in the rags, the second team at Cardiff Rugby Club in one year than I did in the rest of my career. Yeah. Because I was playing alongside seasoned veterans, if you like, or well, seasoned players, some were, who were internationals. And, um, you know, so I've always thought, uh, why, how can you not learn off Paul Tupai? You mm. know? And, and what we've hopefully got now, and it's what we're talking to the Northampton people about is, we'll have a core of seasoned championship players mm. within our club. You know, it's exciting itself, you know, mm-hmm. we, you know there'll be, you know, starting 15, 19 at the club, mm-hmm. potentially, that, you know, if, if it, nobody's injured, that's a, that's a good start. Adding a bit of sparkle and a bit of, um, uh, you know, young, enthusiastic um, stardust mm. with, with, with the Northampton boys. Mm. And to me, that's the perfect way of learning rugby, mm. you know, around a lot of experienced players. Mm-hmm. Uh, in an environment that counts. Yeah. It, you know, uh, for me, the the last stage of a player development is is playing to win. I mean, we all talk mm. about expression. A lot of people talk about express yourselves, and mm. all. I understand that. But at some stage, you know, it's that bit, it's that W, isn't it? Mm. And um, you know, uh, it, that's what you get at a championship level. It means mm. so much to the people, and it means so much to um, uh, the coaches. It means so much to everybody about mm. learning how to win and uh, and understanding that. Um, and, and that's you know I, I think um, I think it's, it's played a massive part in 
uh, up to this point and, and, and it should be playing an even bigger part moving forward because I, I, I actually think it's, um, it's, it's a good league and as I said earlier and alluded to so you know it's not the 9-10 man rugby that was here mm. 15 years ago now you know Jersey placement and have scored unbelievable rugby I mean Elin have got a great squad um, uh, Doncaster play mm. some great football Nottingham always have mm. you know so there's, there's some, some really and mm. Coventry as well so we, there's some great great sides and mm. um, look we are, we understand that there's the odd game that's not 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 too clever, but you get that in every um, in every league. But generally, there's um, you know, there's a willingness to for, for, to, to to develop 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 players, and and then you've got the clubs who've got that burning ambition to to try and get into the Premiership. So I, I think um, I think the Championship has been undersold massively for for the last few years. Well, it's again, it's been absolutely fascinating talking to you. Thank you very much indeed. I mean. I mean, here's for another 15 years. I mean, you, you, you're staying here yeah, for another 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah I contemplate that. Yeah, but like, you know, and again, I thought I saw it all until this season. I mean, it's been so tough for the players. I mean, they they, they deserve all the credit at the moment. We're in doing little bits and bobs, but um, for their sanity, I mean, the young guys who are missing. That's what I feel for is the players are missing out on on probably, you know, six nine months. Of their best days, you yeah. know, and some memories they could be making playing yeah. rugby. But unfortunately, this uh, this pandemic has um, has done for that. But once we get back out there, um, you know, that's what we're set about um, making even more uh, some new memories. Well, I, I, I know I speak on behalf of every fan of Bedford Blues, wishing the time away, hoping that, mm. that it is not too long until the uh, Goddington Road roar is uh, is back in our ears. Mike, thank you very much for being with us today. No problem. Cheers, Sam.